Yvonne. Hi, Dan. We're back for episode number two, and uh, who do we have we're speaking to with this week? One of my favorite new Hawke's Bay people. Um, you know, she's been here for a couple of years, but it feels like it feels like she's it feels like she's been here forever. Her name is Fiona Fraser. Now, if you're um, if you have been paying attention to the media in recent years, the name Fiona Fraser, the byline Fiona Fraser, might be um, familiar to you. She's the uh, ex-editor of the New Zealand Woman's Weekly, that colossus of a publication. Um, she's edited numerous other magazines, and um, over the years, she's a, a great journalist. And very, very connected, very funny, um, and has recently moved to Hawke's Bay and set up her own um, sort of PR agency, and she's doing very well, and she's just so fun to talk to. Yeah, I want to thank you for bringing her on. I, I know, as soon as I saw her, I said, I know your face, and we, we may have met, I think we had met before, but I want to thank you for bringing her on, because she was such an interesting person, and somebody that I, you know, had learned a lot from and that's uh kind of a theme that's continued <laughs> from uh the last podcasts uh which you know we used to do a bit on there kind of the Im- dissident immigrant you know me that's right not knowing much about new zealand culture at least not enough being um the american that i am even though i've been here 15 years <laughs> but uh somebody like fiona who has got some really cool you know, tied in with a lot of big events over the years yes. and celebrity mm. and uh, her husband being a big uh, muso, which we get into a bit. Yeah, Scotty Towers. Word, I used the word muso. I never, you know. You did use yeah, muso. That's very Kiwi, you know. It's kind of so, Kiwi. I'm, I'm kind like... of, is it? I don't know. <laughs> I've never would use that word back in Philly, I'll tell you that. But um, no, it was, it's been cool to uh, learn a lot from some of these these people that we have coming in and, and uh, still continue on with uh, my education. Of, yeah, because of... that was a thing, you know, we, um, from the last podcast that we did, it was something that, um, mm. it, that we found really fun introducing you to, to different Kiwiisms and, and people kind of gave us a lot of feedback on that. And so we thought, do you know what? Let's expand this. Let's introduce you not just to Kiwi-isms, to... but Kiwi people, Hawke's Bay people that maybe you haven't met before. Or... Yeah, let's try to solve this small issue instead of maybe fixing the Middle East. Let's, oh. Or fixing the New Zealand economy. Or, Oof. you know, we've got a lot of big problems. Let's try to just at least teach Dan about let's Kiwi-isms. Teach Dan you know? about Kiwi-isms, Kiwis, and, and good old Hawke's Bayians that, yes. um, that we know and love. Um, that you will know, it doesn't matter where you live in, in New Zealand or in the world, you're going to love these people. They just happen to be our neighbors, yeah. which is and I, brilliant. I want to say one more thing about Fiona before we get yeah. into it with her. Is I feel like we could do like a regular bring Fiona in and get the goss, you know? Like I feel like oh, she would know it, you know? We could. So, uh, you know, every so often be like, just sit her down for 15 minutes and be like, what's the latest goss? Yeah, you know, what's yeah. going on? She seems like she's in the know. So she totally is in the know. You know? Ooh, I'll pitch it to her. Yeah, might be something fun to do as we get this thing established. And, uh, <laughs> Try to get some episodes out there to you. So yeah, this is episode number two with Fiona Fraser and uh, we'll Fraser. Talk. Fraser, not Fraser. No, Fraser. I said you know. You said Fraser. Fraser. <laughs> Damn. Okay, what's her name? Fiona Fraser. All right, let's talk to her now. Well, we'll do it. Interesting. Yeah, it's all. Are you okay? Are you, I'm is you nerding all right? I'm, I'm nerding out. That's funny you say that because uh, <laughs> speaking of, I was driving with uh, Mata the other day. I think one, at Mara's least one his of, wife. Yeah, one of the kids was in the car, and um, I can't remember why, but Spaceballs the movie came up. Right, it could have been something on the radio or a, something we were listening to, and I said. Uh, I go, do you know, I just kind of remembered this. I go, do you know what happened? Because the movie came out when I was like a little too young to get all the jokes, but I had heard about it everywhere. Yeah. And I was like... Spaceballs was huge. Yeah, it was huge. And I was a Star Wars fan because I was like a kid. So I was probably like 11 or something. Mm. Some kind of like, you know, I couldn't get every joke, but I knew it was funny. And, but it was out in the theaters, and I think it was either PG-13 or... Right. or and I was like, oh, I just haven't gotten there. I don't see it. So... 
I went and bought, and this is very Mel Brooks, I went and bought Spaceballs the book, right? Because they had Spaceballs the movie. So he had this joke where he would like... Bring out the movie first yes, and then the book and the, afterwards. The book. Yeah. So I read the book just so that I could get all the jokes and I knew what was going on and I could, you know, and I could like, you know, get the jokes with my brother's friends and yeah. my older brother's friends and everything. And I told that to Mara and she sat in the back seat and she goes, wow, you're a real fucking nerd, weren't you? <laughs> She's like, yeah. I said, well, I'm more of a dork, you know, so I was kind of dorky, but yeah, nerdy too, you know. Oh, look, I, She's like, wow, that's yeah. uh, pretty. It is nerdy. I, I would not have done that, you know. How old are your kids? Eight and two. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. I, I had I had the great joy of my son telling me yesterday when we were talking about parties, because he's off to parties at the age of oh, yeah, yeah. 16, so parties are definitely on the radar, mm-hmm. he told me. I was giving him some advice about parties and like what you can do and what you can't do and what to do if you feel like you're in a tricky situation that you need to get out of. Yeah, all that good nerdy mum stuff. Yeah, and he said um, he said something along the lines of, which I could remember exactly his wording, but he said something along the lines of, I can't believe you're the one giving me advice. And I said, what do you mean by that? Said, because you were such a nerd with your buck teeth and your frizzy hair and your glasses, I can't believe you were ever even invited no! to a party. Wow, jeez, that cuts deep. I know. Yeah. Like that from I your head. Parties? Yeah, you were I cool. Went to parties. I wasn't cool. You were kind of cool. I was not cool. Weren't you? Oh, God, no. I was really deeply uncool. Yeah, but still, um, you could have lied. <laughs> <laughs> but Fiona Fraser, yes. we are into. See, we've got to introduce Sorry. her. Sorry, great Dan, name, by see, the way. This is what he does. He just starts. He just starts talking. Oh, so that was start, that we started already. He, we've yeah. started. So he okay. just starts talking. Yeah, yeah. He starts talking. Like, you right, know. We want it, we want it to be like, real. We'll be out in know? public and he'll just start talking to someone. Won't introduce me. I right. yeah. You know, hopeless at it. So, this is our guest, Fiona, Fiona Fraser. Thanks for having me. From the Contentment <laughs> Agency. It's long overdue. We're very excited to have you here. Um, tell us about yourself. What? Who oh, are you? What are you? Gosh, who, what's your where and your why? Such what a do you do? Question. Um, I am um, a former. I guess I'm a. Yeah, I'm a former magazine journalist and editor. Media. So that's what I did for a living for years, and came to Hawkes Bay almost eight years ago to kind of re-nose my life, I suppose, a little bit. Get from out of where? the rat rat from Auckland. Oh yeah. So yeah, I've been up there for I guess twelve years working. Um, and then decided that we needed a bit of a change of pace and that was probably, there were probably two reasons for that. One was that we lived in a small house and we had a growing son, Mm. the one that's now 16, uh, and we needed more space just to live our lives and we couldn't see how we were going to do that in Auckland. That was probably the first reason. And the second reason was, um, even though I loved my work and it was really fulfilling and fantastic, it was also really exhausting and I knew that I needed to change my life, otherwise I would probably have a stroke at 40 or mm. you know that kind of thing so it was it was time to do something different and Hawke's Bay came calling and here we are. And like, so what was your connection did you have any connection like, to yeah. Hawke's Bay no, not was really. it really just a kind of a throw a pin at a map kind of situation <laughs> what was your reason to come well, here? Oddly I do have a strange connection to Hawke's Bay because when I was six years old um, my mother and father cruelly left me here in Havelock North for three months while they travelled the world. Uh, so I, I was dumped with an aunt and uncle in Havelock North. So I, that makes it sound so bad because I adore my aunt and uncle. <laughs> yeah, but like this is what, like in the 70s or something, or early 80s. Or, yeah, early yeah. 80s. Okay. I went to Havelock North Primary for three months. My teacher was someone called Mrs O'Neill. Okay. Um, she told me off for picking my nose. Uh, and then that's what I remember about the time that I lived in Havelock North, essentially. <laughs> you got one lesson out of it. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And then, I guess, as an adult, um, nose-picking, you know, far beyond nose-picking at that point in my life, we had looked at different options. We'd come here a lot. My husband's a musician, and he's, in fact, Freddie's Drop. He plays at Black Barn a lot. My head played at Black Barn a lot. And we'd come here over and over again and stayed at one of the houses at Waimarama, which is probably a completely um, different experience to the one I was about to have when we moved here. So one of one of the black barn houses at Waimarama, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah they're um, they're they're not uh, they're not shabby, they're not shabby, no. And so yeah, we kind of were here one very hot summer's day. Black barn gig was the following day. I went to a friend's house for a swim in her pool, and I said, "How do you build a life in Hawkes Bay? Like, how do people get here? What do they do when they live here? Do they have jobs? Do they all make wine? <laughs> what happens?" 
<laughs> and she basically said, well, um, I've just resigned from my job. Would you like that one? And that's a very condensed version of it. But I applied for her job a couple of days later. And that was something you were working with the council? Yes, Napier right? City Council. Okay. I was their comms and marketing manager. So straight two, into it. Two and a half years, yeah. yeah. So from one really stressful job as a magazine editor <laughs> yeah. in Auckland, you know, to a really stressful job in um, what, PR and comms yeah. for the council. Can yeah. I interject with yeah. something really quick? Yeah, of course. Uh, I'm not alone. This is not a revelation, but I love Fat Freddy Strop. So no, when, you're I, alive. when I when you I ask you some questions, I am. Don't, don't just say I love it. So ask me some questions. I'll tell you what you need to know. Who, who, who who's your husband in the band, or which who does he play? His name's Scott Towers. He plays the saxophone. Ah, okay. So I've heard about this Hawks Bay connection with. Yeah. This guy, somebody, friend of friends, and Bobby from Brzezica. Hayden at Peak House, Hayden, and, yeah. Yeah, mm. and through, yeah. There, so are, that's some, very there cool. are several connections. And, and yeah, Bobby Brazuka I've done yeah, some yeah. gigs with and stuff, so um, cool. Uh, I just, and I want to get this on the record. So when I first moved to New Zealand, I had a few friends, one particular uh, girl from Auckland who's now in France in the wine business. Mm-hmm. She gave me like, you know, this is still back when you downloaded heaps of music, you know? So she gave me this huge and like dump. Napster or yeah. LimeWire or something. She had like, I don't know, 50 yeah. albums of like New Zealand artists because I said, you know, who's cool? I don't know anything. And, you know, it was like Catch a Fire and all yeah, these bands, you know, yeah. and all these, you know, um, Kura, Kura or something. I don't know. But Kora. anyway, Cora. And uh, <laughs> I have to say, out of that mix there's a few songs that have lasted but fat freddy's just kind of went slowly to the top of that Mm. and stayed there Mm. you know it just sort of that music just sort of seeps into you and then the bays album in 2015 like Mm. i talk about vintage albums where i go like that will always remind me of the that summer in 2016 harvest like i can't hear a song from that album and not think of that (laughs) that harvest and that's what music's all about. I, I love, so I love that band. And I love what they did over COVID with that, yeah. other, that live music album and everything. And we'll be back after the break. Hey, everybody. I wanted to let you know about Decibel Wines. That's my full-time gig. It's what I do when I'm not podcasting. All the wines can be found up at decibelwines.com, of course, where we run our two different wine clubs, one where you choose your wines and one where we choose them for you. And if you use the promo code PODCAST, all caps, to get 15% off your first order. We even ship overseas, so ask us about that. It's the best place to find all our wines, that is, except for the best little tasting room in Hawke's Bay, located on the east block of downtown Hastings on the corner of Warren and Haratonga Street. That's our place we call Decibel Central. We're open Wednesday to Saturday from 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. and by appointment on Mondays and Tuesdays. You come in, do a tasting, have a chat, be guided through the wines, and you don't need a booking, but we recommend it. And this month, on November 18th, we're bringing back Danny's, my take on the Philly Sandwich Shop. We'll have wines on tap and feature my three favorite Philly sandwiches, the cheesesteak, the roast pork sandwich with bitter greens, and the Italian hoagie. We'll start at noon and go until we're sold out, so get there early, because last time we sold out. And don't forget, use that promo code PODCAST, all caps, next time you visit us at decibelwines.com. Cheers! Okay, let's get back to the show. And is it Big like, fan, anyway. yeah? So does he? Um, so Scott loves it. Is he really enjoying living here? Um, that's a complicated or is it tricky question with his job. <laughs> I mean, how does it work? I tell you what, with with Scott, it's different from me because I think when I moved here, I went straight into a full time job and I made friends very quickly because yeah, you yeah. do when you work in an mm. office, right? You yeah. make friends, you see people, um, you become very much a part of the fabric of the area. But for him, his whole work is, is based around travel. Like, he's not here sure. more than he is here. And so for him, it was really difficult to make friends, particularly male friends. Right. That's a real tricky thing for guys, I think, particularly when they're, you know, certain ages. Yeah, once you get over 30, it's actually yeah. really, you know, you've kind of already got your friends. It's difficult to... That's why I was such a loser when I moved here at 31. <laughs> you were, and I really had to work hard, Dan, to, <laughs> you know, get you accepted. Still working on out it. Out there, yeah, it's a progress. Thing. So I think I think to answer your question, I think for Scott, like he, there's lots of things he loves about it. He loves, um, you know, the wide open spaces, the hills, the beauty of the place, the ease of getting around the transport, you know, that kind of thing. Um, and when he comes back from a really busy tour in Europe, it's a huge relief to step off the plane and just chill yeah. while he's here. But he misses so much, and yeah. I don't miss the same things. He misses like 
going to gigs five nights a week. Yeah. You see DJs any night of the week in Auckland or going to art openings or catching up with friends. You, know, you can In Auckland, you can kind of find something to do yeah. any time of the well, day. We have night. that stuff in Hawke's Bay. It's just not, like you say, it's not every day. It's not every day. No. And that oh, was his connection, okay. I guess, to his mates. He'd go out and see a DJ from Brazil or something, and then, you know, five of his mates would be there. So that yeah. was their social time, and he doesn't have that so much here. Having said that, we've made some great friends, and we're very lucky. And he DJs. Yeah, he does. Yeah. yeah, so he DJs under his own name, or is he under Chopper Reads, which Chopper is Reeds. kind of his, his Fat it. Freddy's name, I guess. Yeah, we've got Monica's. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's a great DJ. Yeah, like he's, he's I've good. been at loads of events and you know wine things and food events and yeah. stuff like that, and he's tucked away in the corner just with this massive smile on his face. <laughs> yeah, he does love it. You know, just pumping out these just great grooves. So and he cool. also got himself really from the outset got himself involved in Fork. Quite yes. early on, and put together some ideas for events, yep. and that was a fantastic thing. Of course, Fork's been through its ups and downs with COVID and stuff as well, but there's been cancellations and what have you. But he's done some amazing Fork events. There was a fried chicken event with Asian Diner that was at the Black Barn Olive Shed. That was a really fun one. Um, they did jerk chicken and fried chicken and uh, lots of beets, and it was yeah. great. And then there was one out at Ocean Beach um, that was called Fat Freddy's Drop Loves Lisbon, and it was all this, uh, Portuguese food. And, couple of the guys from Freddy's were there with him. I think you could probably come up with any concept and just put Fat Freddy's <laughs> That's it. You just have that, yeah. Fat Freddy's on the front or at the back, yeah. And, yeah. and people would just they all check out to Lisbon. Yeah, sure. To it. Yeah. <laughs> because on social media, like Fat Freddy's were doing... Um, Cook off, like cook-offs and things yeah. for a while. Yeah, so there's this real foodie, Fat Freddy's food. Foodies yeah. kind of vibe. Totally. So it's nice mm. to carry on with that. Yeah. Yeah. And he's oh, a massive so cool. foodie. In fact, last night, I'm a bit dusty because last night we had an impromptu dinner, as you do, and we had some tamarillos, which he confied, because that's what you do with a tamarillo. Apparently oh, you confit cool. it, and then he served it with some burrata, and so it was just... Fresh burrata and Wait. confit tamarillo, and it was. We had friends over, and it was just sublime. Sounds like. Can you get the tissues? Need some I just new, like some new friends. It needs to make some new friends. Daniel. Yeah. Yeah, tamarillo. Tamarillo is always what I Hawks Bay Malbec smells like too. Yeah, it does. Like, and I pick totally. up on yeah, I yeah. pick up on like I can identify tamarillo aroma and flavour, but I've got a confession to make. I really can't deal with them. I can't eat them. Is it the oh, sliminess? It's a bit of a textural thing. But do you know what? When I was really little, when I was a kid, um, Mum fed us tamarillo something or other. And I got really, 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 really sick. Aha. Uh-huh. Well, lots of people are allergic. Uh, maybe, maybe that's what You're it was. I got so drunk. So yeah. we had a dinner party back in Auckland many years ago and served tam- fresh tamarillos to our dear friend Mal, mm-hmm. who'd never had one in her life at the Grand Ole. Yeah, I'd never had one. And oh. she popped a tamarillo in her mouth and came out in hives all over her body instantly. <gasps> so she had a huge reaction to it. And wow, definitely it's got something, an enzyme or something. Yeah, and it was instant for me. I was just yeah. like throwing up. It was, it was horrendous. And, um, and I haven't really been able to... I mean, I can look at them, I can smell them and go, okay, because I can identify that in mm. that character in wine. I see it a lot in, um, yeah, in Malbec. I see it in Pinot sometimes. Pinot, yeah. um, and it's, it's fine, but I, yeah, try not to eating them. I never heard of it in, yeah, we never had it, even though it's, I think, South American. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. Know, yeah. I, we Don't they call it, it tree tomatoes? Yeah, everywhere. but I still never really saw it. And people kept saying the term, and I was like, I better find this out. I'm making mm. A lot of Malbec these yeah. days, but the same thing, you know. The, so tamarillos. The other thing I couldn't stomach for a long time, carrot cake. Oh, yeah, because I was given carrot cake um, not long after the tamarillo incident, <laughs> <laughs> and my mum, I think, had just sprinkled way too much like nutmeg and cinnamon uh, and stuff yeah. on the top, and it was again could be a strong a flavor for a kid. Child, I feel like carrot cake's kind of like an adult kind of cake. Yeah, it's an, it's an it's an adult adult cake. Yeah, wow. Especially if you do it in certain shapes. Mm. Never mind. Enough of this. Oh. This is scintillating. Sorry, <laughs> listeners. Um, Cake conversation. So, Fiona. Yes. Um, you started out working in PR and comms at the yeah. Napier City mm-hmm. Council. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, you're, you kind of re, rebranded. You said that you went into business for yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and suddenly you're working for wineries and cellar doors and events and things. How did that come about and what is it? What do you what do you do? Good question. So I think I found 
my work at Napier City Council was fulfilling on one level, but it wasn't creative, right? really. And I'm a creative person at heart, and I just felt like my creativity was sort of being sidelined and wasted slightly. So um, once I'd established myself there pretty well, I sort of thought, okay, maybe it is the time to step away and do my own thing. Uh, I'd met all the people I needed to meet through the role. I've been really lucky. I'd met Hawke's Bay Tourism and the Arts Festival people and all the, lots of people. Um, so I sort of felt like it was time to do my own thing, stepped away, established contentment agency. It was called then. I've actually rebranded it slightly since then because Facebook thinks I'm an escort agency and that I'm not. Oh, oh you're not? No. Oh. Um, so <laughs> I think it's something to do <laughs> with a few people about that. <laughs> 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 I do with the word content, contented and agency in the That's same. That's a weird pickup, yeah. but okay. Hey. I get kind of, um, my ads were getting... Um, you know, deleted by Facebook because of the adult content. I was just like, contentment? Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> I suppose. So I started a contentment okay. agency. The idea being that I would be, um, it's still the same idea, yeah. just a slightly different name, but that, um, that I would be servicing the, um, oh gosh, that sounds rude too, servicing, <laughs> <laughs> servicing the small businesses of Hawke's Bay yeah. to establish like media, um, media stories that are nationwide. I think, I, what I was seeing a lot was great businesses here, amazing, innovative businesses, great entrepreneurship, um, and for them, getting a story in the Hawke's Bay today, which is ironic given they're right across the road, I'm looking at them, <laughs> was like the pinnacle of what they could achieve. And for me, I could just see so, so much more. Yeah, yeah, so much more out there that they could be involved in. Mind Food magazine or yeah. national newspapers or podcasts like this. You know, like any, there was just, uh, there was a wealth of opportunity that people were not necessarily tapping into. So I thought I could probably fill that gap. I had the experience and I had the media contacts from my years as an editor um, and journalist. And so, yeah, I got started. So you were, um, I know the Women's Weekly, New Zealand Women's Weekly. Was that your last post before coming here? So what are some of the other publications? I was editor of New Zealand Women's Weekly for about two and a half years and I took that role on when, yeah, behind the scenes basically one company had acquired it from another company. Um, So I was already working at the company that had acquired the magazine and there was a bit of discontentment I suppose in the ranks because people had been made redundant and had been like, it was um, was a terrible time for them. It's a messy time. (laughs) And I I knew so many of the people that were involved in the magazine that it made sense that they popped me into that role to kind of ease the transition. So um, that was great. And before that I had worked at Australian Women's Weekly, the New Zealand edition of that. And before that, Deputy Editor at Women's Day magazine. And before that, I'd been at Women's Weekly the first time around. So I'd kind of done this huge circular thing that lots of people do in the magazine world where you wow. work for one and you get headhunted for another and then you stay there for two years, you get headhunted to another. And that was my career. So ask a nerdy-ish question. Yeah. Would not expect anything less, Dan. <laughs> no, no, just sink it into that a little bit. Would If you're editor of a magazine, how? I mean, obviously you're worried about content and, you know, what the general vibe is and all that, but how much are you actually, like, editing articles? You mean, like, taking out the spelling mistakes editing? That, but also <laughs> just, like, you know, hey, this, you know, creative or writing in a certain way or yeah. whatever, like, this article, is, you get the point, but it stinks or something, you know. Yeah. yeah, 100% you're doing that every day. Yeah. So... I mean, you're not doing it alone. You usually have a deputy or an assistant editor, and there are sub-editors as well who are, who are really proofreaders in a way. So yeah. they're, they're doing the technicalities. So your job as an editor is to set the tone of the magazine. What are the themes? What are, what are you going to put into this week's issue or this month's issue? Um, and then you commission that work. Some of it is for in-house writers will write it, but all the photography will be outsourced. Um, and then there's... You know, there's, there's lots of little parts moving sure, parts, sure, sure. and then the, all the content comes into you. Um, and your job as editor is to make sure it, you know, it's got a, a good home in a particular issue. It sits within the theme of that issue or whatever you're doing in that issue, um, and that it, the content is correct, that it's accurate, um, that it reads well. And you yeah, know, well, that, that I, I mentioned that because that's a skill that I don't have and I <laughs> admire, which is like, you know. I think I'm okay at, say, maybe general ideas or, mm. like, some kind of 
this decent is where you branding need Fiona or something. To actually write yeah, that's what I mean. Like, co- like uh, copyright yeah. and like writing things. Yeah, I read ferociously, but my writing comes out like, why the hell would you say? You know, it's like more <laughs> like poetry or something like that's so stupid. You said the same thing fourteen times. You know, but it's and, so. I find but that, it's a really tough skill to have, yeah. and I well, really appreciate it when somebody can mm. like say, hey, we want to say this, we want to do this, but can you turn it into one paragraph or one sentence yeah. or whatever it is really hard to do. You know? And I, I, I love the fact that you do that Fiona, because um, years ago when I first moved back to Hawke's Bay from being, I mean, this is where I'm born and raised, but you know, spent a lot of time in, uh, you know, in different cities in New Zealand yeah. and being in a media background myself before getting into wine, you know, I, I came here and all I could see were these amazing people that had great stories and mm. were making great wine or producing amazing food or they were um, or there was some you know, incredible like say innovation technologies things like that happening you know in all different sectors of the Hawke's Bay region but no one was able to actually I, I couldn't see people taking their ideas to an outside media you mm. know there were it was almost like people didn't feel like they could do it. Yeah. And and I was just like, God, just let me at it, you know. Mm-hmm. Let me get you um let me get you on the on the breakfast show. Let mm-hmm. me get you, you know, in a in a magazine somewhere, you know. It's not just the weekly newspapers That's right. down here, you know, yeah. it's so much bigger. You're so much bigger than that. Mm-hmm. So um So you must have seen going into you know, working with wineries, um, how bad that is, how how <laughs> same <laughs> things are and how tough uh you know everybody from even wine mar- people's job is like wine you know might work directly for the winery are really i don't know if they just get the blinders on or what but they do terrible job of translating to other businesses and other yeah. opportunities it's like very like oh we got to get this score or this review mm. and it's like everybody's doing that yeah you know how do you get outside of that and become more and you know because so many other businesses don't care about that but i think mm. in wine you get Maybe yeah. tech or something. I don't know. Tech might be, you know, when you get really into something technical or, you yeah. know, they might have like tunnel vision a little bit. But there's so many other businesses yeah. that do a better yeah. job. But like if I was a small winery, mm. let's say, let's say um, I'm Shadow Lorcan, right? Mm. And I decide, don't, I thought it's quite a good name. But that's, why would you but call it Chateau? It's same, just what I'm talking I need, about. Because I need have help. no idea. Okay, I have okay. no idea. So anyway, I'm Shadow Lorcan. And I'm like, I'm not making any money. I'm not making any sales. I'm struggling to get people to notice me. My website is, you know, there's no traffic through it. Um, I don't quite know. I've, I've got maybe a little bit of money, mm-hmm. but I don't know where to put it. Uh, ring, ring, <laughs> Fiona, <laughs> can you help me? What's the first thing that you would advise mm. me or, a, you know, a small winery or even a big winery that's not doing as well as they hope? What are the first things that you do? When you come in. Well, I might be doing myself out of a job here, but um, one of the first things I do is make sure that the website and the social media are working optimally because yes. I think that PR should be the last step in the process in a way. Like, you, There's no point telling your story to the world if, if they're trying to find you and they can't find you mm. afterwards. Yeah, right? If they're absolutely. Googling and you're not coming up or if they're going to your website and it's a complete mess or your social media hasn't been updated since May 2020, you know, like there's no point me doing the work yeah. with you as yeah. a PR agent. So my advice is always come to me once you've sorted out your website. I can help you with your social because I have a subcontractor for that. Yeah. So I usually get her on the case first of all and she sorts out their social media for them. Um, websites I'm not that interested in, so I usually no, I pass it off websites. to someone else. <laughs> websites, I think I might have had this conversation with you in the past, is that because my job being wine writer, I'm on winery websites all the time. Yours yeah. is pretty good, Dan, by the way. It's getting better too. <laughs> More changes coming. I'm on winery websites all the time. Yeah. Swear Shout out on to my Holly. children's life, yes. <laughs> that if I see another website where I click on the home page and the very first sentence is "We are a boutique, family-owned hmm. winery hmm. that focuses on handmade quality hmm. and blah blah blah," and yeah. the picture okay. of a bunch of grapes or yeah. the hands, you know, we are. Blah, and you click on the contact page and mm. there's those horrible box fill in things mm-hmm. that don't actually have an address, a phone number, anything like that. Mm. Um, there's no name. Like, who are you? Mm. Put your names there, your mm. actual names. 
you know, Brian oh, and yeah. Philippa Wilson or whatever. Sorry if there is a Brian and Philippa Wilson. <laughs> yeah. um, and your faces, please. It's I want to see your faces Wilson, and your names <laughs> yeah. so that I know who to talk about when, you know, there, every, well, it's so many winery mm. websites say the most batshit boring mm. copy. I can't even, it just, it saddens me. Yeah. I just noticed a Freudian slip there. You said, what was the Freudian slip? Brian and Philippa Wilson yeah. is like Brian Wilson from the Beach Boys, but yes. probably you're a bigger fan of uh, Wilson Phillips. Uh, <laughs> hold on for one more day. I am you a know, fan, but I'm know. not a bigger fan. I mean, the, the Beach Boys, I'm sorry. I yeah, do. I know, I know. Yeah, but no, I do, love, I do love a Wilson Phillips. The beach the beach scene, the hold on, they're on the, the girls no, are on the beach. The harmonising. You're, you're in that. Uh, I've got a fantastic video on my phone of Michael Henley um, doing a lip sync to that song. Really? Oh, do share. <laughs> he was on the on that last version do you know of you podcast. can you can send that video to me yeah. and i promise i won't do anything not just it. him there's a whole bunch of us at a party at his house it's bad it's really bad mm. i love that but yeah. yeah sorry back to it back back to to the yeah, so, yeah. so as long as people have got their website up and running and um and it's yeah. decent then then you would come in and advise them on well yeah i'd advise them anyway but i'd advise yeah. them first of all to do the work yeah. before they come to me because as i say there's a little point they're going to waste their money trying to get me to help them and then people not be able to buy their product ultimately they want to increase sales right increase clientele increase sales you can't do that if your website's shit and if you if people can't find you yeah yeah so that's my first yeah that's usually my first port of call of course some wineries don't necessarily want to invest in their social media or they don't feel aligned with social media um i worked with hastings distillers for a couple of years and for those two years they didn't want to do any social yeah. media at all though vehemently opposed to it yeah. Um, but and philosophically misaligned, I would say. But mm. recently, they've seen the benefit, and they have started their own Instagram page. That's progress. That's yeah. amazing. Good on you, Hastings Distillers. Well yeah, done. Yeah. But for everyone, them, follow Hastings Distillers <laughs> on Instagram <laughs> right now. And they, they. Um, so working with them, I know they're not a winery, but just you know, in the booze industry, was mm. phenomenal because they had amazing products. And I think that's another thing. I, if I'm working with a winery or a, another. Producer, I, I want to know that what I'm promoting is good. Like I don't want yeah. to work with shit, average quality, <laughs> and, they've, and they've got a great story. Yeah. You know, you want your clients to actually have a have some kind of color, a story, some kind of hook. Yeah, you know, like like Dan here. I mean, the color yeah. story, yes. color and story. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely, space balls. Yeah, yeah space balls. Um, so we nerd from America. Yeah. <laughs> so what I tend to do is, I guess, yeah, spend some time kind of examining the business and making sure that they align with me. And also, I, I try and I, it's not a religious sort of thing, but I do try and work as much as possible with sustainable brands. And I can talk about that later if you want, because for me that's a that's a huge value. Yeah. And. I'm so sick of people telling me they're sustainable when they're not, you know, like, mm. or... Yeah, show me, like, yeah, prove it. Yeah. Mm. Um, and then I, yeah, I work out, I guess the biggest role for me as a PR advisor and consultant is to dig into that business and find the little nuggets of stories that can be told in a media sense. And sometimes that takes quite a long time. I mean, I could count on all my fingers and all my toes a number of times. A winery has said to me, we've got a new release, full stop. Yeah. That's our story. And dot, yeah, dot, every dot. winery's got a new release. Yeah. Like, every wine brand's releasing wine. Like, what's different about yours? Why is it going to be compelling for a mm. journalist or mm. a producer to pick up that story and want to run with it? Like, that's always the question I have to ask. And and just saying you've got a new release is not enough. So it's my job to figure out what the story is. And we'll be back after the break. Howdy, everyone. I'm Yvonne Lorcan, the co-founder and chief tasting officer for Wine Friend, the best subscription service for wine in the land. And it's the best because my team and I hunt high and low to find amazing, interesting wines that we match to your individual taste buds. And then we deliver them to your door at a price and frequency that suits you. Now, we know you want to try new wines, but we also know it's really hard to break free from those boring, safe, same olds from the supermarket. And it sucks when you spend good money on something new, but it doesn't taste great to you. Because everyone tastes wine differently, right? 
So we take the hassle and guesswork away because if we know how your taste buds work, then you can trust us to go away and find great wines just for you. It's easy, just go to winefriend.co.nz, click on Get Started to answer a few fun questions about your taste preferences, choose one of our three awesome plans, your combo of reds and whites, and how often you'd like them delivered, and then sit back and wait for a whole new world of wine to open up. They're wines from all over the world, they're wines that I personally really love, and they're wines that you're not going to find in your average supermarket. Plus, each bottle comes with a neck tag written by moi, with handy notes that'll impress your friends. Our plans are totally flexible, you're not locked into anything, and you can buy more of the wines that you love with a simple tap or a click. Just use the promo code Yvonne, that's Y-V-O-N-N-E, for 24% off your first subscription case. So, become a wine friend and we'll all live happily ever after. Cheers! Okay, let's get back to the show. Have you ever gone to any client, but maybe a winery would be a perfect example, and gone, listen, Yvonne, Chateau Lorcan, pretty bad name. Maybe keep that as the business name, but we're going to rebrand or we'll come up with a new name or we're just going to call it Dorkin Lorcan or something, yeah. you know, like come something yeah. funny or... You know, take a different direction because everything you're doing is is wrong. You never heard that probably before. Never heard that one before. Yeah. yeah. Um, (laughs) So, have you ever had to do that? You know, in terms of changing the name, no, I've never had to ask anyone to consider changing their name. Or, labels, or is it just like labels or the name or, of the product oh, or labels and stuff. Yeah, definitely branding element. Yeah. Um, there's a I won't name the name, um, but there is a boutique. Um, producer of spirits that approached me about doing some work and it looked like it had been created the design of everything had been created in maybe the early 80s it was mm, um mm. the product on the home computer yeah from their kid clip who art. went to yeah clip clip art. Art. <laughs> it was and it was really a matter of telling them i would love to work with you but you have some work to do before you come to me because the kind of the kind of media that you're going to achieve with your product, your product's good, but you know, the look is a, not. A lot. Kyoto magazine isn't going to want to put that in the pages because it looks terrible. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and you've got to work with the yeah. media, not against them. And a lot of that is yeah. about the way you look and the way you present. And so many people in this business, and you know, I've been in wine spirits, you know, drinks writing, you know, mm. for a long time, and. So many people are like, um, well, it's what's inside the bottle that counts. It totally is. <laughs> yeah. But, but it's, <laughs> no one's going to want to drink it mm. if it looks like shit on the shelf. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's true. Yeah. You've got to think about your aesthetics. Especially so. if you're trying to establish something new. You yeah. know, like to mm. get people to take a chance. Even yeah. a wine bar, like let alone yeah. on the retail shelf. Yeah. You know, they have to like feel that aesthetic. Oh, this is cool. Like, yeah, yeah I'll give this a shot, you know. You want to be proud to have it on your shelf at home or on your drinks trolley, yeah. you know, or serving it at your dinner yeah, party. Yeah, because it's a reflection of your personal aesthetic and, mm. and your, your taste and yeah. um, all of that. It's, it, yeah, and hugely important. If you've had the great fortune of being featured in the media recently with that product, then that's a story that the host of the dinner party can tell. Or, you know, like I just saw online or I just read in the, on the, in the paper or saw in the news that these guys did this or they yeah. are using this create create this creative technique to create that wine or their I don't know whatever it is yeah. you know there's yeah. a story behind it so that's cool so um that now that you've been in Hawke's Bay for yeah. eight years it's really almost eight years yeah really eight years oh almost. my god yeah. <laughs> seems like only a couple of years my whole <laughs> my whole concept of of time since um the pandemic has just uh, uh, is all up the kyber mm-hmm. um so in the eight years that you've been here um like, are you still loving it? Do you really, do you, do you consider yourself like an honorary Hawks Balian now? Oh my gosh. Are you like... Am I allowed? Yeah. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> I, think should, yeah. I think you have to be here at least 10. Um, I'll nominate you. Oh, thanks. Um, yes. Do I feel like an honorary Hawks Balian? Yes, I probably do. Um, I'm pretty proud of the region and I think yep. when you feel that way about a region, you must have a deep enough connection to be <laughs> considered a Hawks Balian. Yeah. Um... We travel, I mean, I'm lucky enough to travel quite a bit for work and for fun, so I guess getting out's important to me. You've got to be able to get out to appreciate the, 100% agree. The, the beautiful but, uh, perspective as well. Yeah. And good or bad. Mm, absolutely. You know, we were just at a big trip, and 
saw so many things, inspiring things and go, oh man, I wish, you know, sometimes it's just about population. You go, I wish we could do this thing or that thing. So you were in Sweden, Ireland, Ireland, Italy, Italy. and a a bunch of the U.S. Mm -hmm. And, but then you get back and you also go, Hawks Bay is pretty cool. Mm. You know, it's very nice, you know, and it's a lot, you can, you can focus on things here without getting too distracted with all the stress and craziness and all Mm. that. So I think it's, it's great for, especially if you know what you want to do mm. you know what i mean it must be interesting with like with your background in you know women's magazines and um you know that's that's high pressure there's a lot of tussle with mm. competing titles and it's all very i mean i don't know i've never been in that environment personally but you know i, I kind of have a vision of what it's like you know trying to make trying to land exclusives and mm. all of that kind oh, of yes. thing and you know you hear the, all these stories about what it was like like in the 90s and yeah. early 2000s checkbook journalism like you know uh-huh. um pay x amount give her whatever she wants you know i want the cover i want her out there all that. was that you was were you in that Yes. Yeah. That's so that's answer, yeah. crazy. And it so, do you miss life. that that whirlwind of um, a little bit of that whirlwind of of magazine mm. excitement? Do I miss it? Sometimes I suppose I do, but then I think I also got out at just the right time right. because what happened beyond that has not has meant that it's not as exciting and fast paced and thrilling as print it was. media is. Yeah. Print media. I yeah. mean, bit ho hum now. I wouldn't say ho-hum, but the budgets are just different. Like, we had huge... When I think about it now, we had huge budgets. What's the most expensive thing you... Oh. Well, who's the most expensive person for you? Like, how much well, did you pay I can't for... Say, I can't say... Don't know. A lot of it's confidential, but okay. I can, what I can say is that um, in terms of what we paid and also what they delivered for us would be Dan Carter's wedding was the biggest story I worked on um, when he got married was that like 2012 or something and that was a good question I can't remember that was in central Otago wasn't uh, it no it was was in um, Blenheim just out of Blenheim see I even knew about that one so I can tell you, you know, some great stories about that. Do you want to hear yes. a little yeah, nugget? Yeah. Yeah. I, I covered it myself personally. Okay, I, I went down. So were you on the helicopter? So you were in I the guest helicopter. We did one of those little pencil planes, you know, that yeah. flies from Auckland to Blenheim. Airport. Yeah, like a pencil case with wings on it. Yeah, yeah. Mm. <laughs> and we had me, the photographer, and the photographer's assistant. I think we had a makeup artist with us as well. I can't remember. There were quite a crew of us and a lot of bags because we had camera equipment yes. and we had big um, flickies and we had yeah, all sorts lights, of gear, all tripods yeah. and when we got there um, the plane that the, was a full flight and when we got there um, we that overbooked it basically and so one of the the photographer in fact was thrown off the flight or she was told she couldn't fly oh. <laughs> and um, I was like well we can't not you have need a photographer. photographer I mean this is going to completely impact everything not only for us as a magazine but also for Dan and Honor. I mean we were providing them with their wedding photography oh, sure. day. pressure so it was absolutely terrible and the whole thing was so locked down and so we all signed very like tight contracts and we couldn't talk about anything to do with the day the fact it was even happening the date was even um, a secret so I didn't know what to do, but I put my big girl pants on and I went up to the counter and I said, can I have a private conversation with you, please, to the woman from Air New Zealand? Yes. And I said, um, can I just tell you that we're actually on the way to Dan and Anna's wedding and we are the crew that are t- taking the photos and you've just thrown the photographer off <gasps> and she really needs to be on the flight. Is there any way we can make this happen? And she went, <gasps> leave it with me. Slow motion running across the tarmac. Five seconds later, I hear her calling up someone else to the counter, some poor man with a backpack who is unceremoniously dumped from the flight. Our photographer is back on the flight. It was Beer Grills. It was Beer Grills who was over here yeah. stacking it. He, got, he had to wait and bleed him and there's no quarrel. So that was we, uh, 10 we, years ago. We, we arrived been. at the airport in um, Blenheim. We landed and a vehicle with um, blacked out windows drove onto the tarmac and picked up Hayley Westerner off the flight because she was singing, singing. at the wedding. Yeah. Wow. So we hadn't actually known she was on the flight. We were so like stressed about the whole photography <laughs> thing. <laughs> so yeah, it was a pretty exciting, thrilling moment. And and the fact that we, you know, we because we were delivering an, um, an exclusive, we it meant that the wedding took place. As the wedding was going, I was making notes. I had to go and sit behind the kitchen while all the guests were eating and drinking and write the story. Then we had to take it, um, I had to send it in, and then we had to take the photos, put them on a, a little, what do you call drive, it? Like drive, drive, thank you. Yeah. That's the word I was looking for. And then they had to be, the photos had to be driven to a local photo shop, and then they had to be uploaded, and then they had to be 
sent through to the office and then they put back in Auckland they put the magazine together and it went on the shelves like overnight overnight yeah because word was would get around word was out like we had we had the herald um like casing out the joint um we had helicopters helicopters yeah Yeah, i remember there were um follow-up pieces from that were you know um yeah the helicopters and drones and things trying to figure out how to how to snap i know know, the guests and and Honor's dad was a member of the local aero club or something, so he had established basically he couldn't do a no-fly zone because mm. you couldn't for a wedding. Yeah, but yeah. what he could do was just put some vintage planes in the sky for a bit. Just happened to be about the time the wedding was on. Nice. Uh, yeah, just some vintage planes were just like hanging yeah. out, which mm. meant the helicopter couldn't get over. No, exactly. Because you can't. Yeah, you can't go near Smart. them. Oh, how exciting! Yeah, yeah, that was pretty fun. So they, I think that we smashed out the records. I think for the biggest sale ever for the magazine. I think in so. Years, like so. like the biggest sale of an issue of mm. the New Zealand Women's Weekly. What are we talking it was numbers Day. wise? It was Women's Day. Day. Sorry, I don't remember now. Isn't that terrible? Are, are we talking like figures? a like a hundred thousand copies oh, or yeah. less than that? Yeah. Or yeah, yeah, wow. it would have been. Um, and then we also did a story in Australian Women's Weekly. So that, so you got the, the uh, quick hit in the Women's Day, and then you got pages and pages of glossy images in the Australian Women's Weekly which came out like a week after huh yeah so that's how that works that's big man I mean he was probably I mean from an outsider's perspective certainly the biggest um, you know rugby star in the time that I've been here for 15 years and Mm -hmm. the All Blacks were like kind of peak All Blacks then Mm -hmm. too Mm -hmm. they were just crushing everybody so crazy yeah it was it was a lot of fun. And been. did you ever have anyone booked, like a, a huge celebrity, mm. um, booked to say um, when I were like doing a concert in New Zealand or shooting a movie here or just coming here on on some sort of you know for holidays or mm. whatever? Anyone that you had like that you thought you'd sewn up in terms of you know securing them for an interview or a piece, and then they just bailed on you at the last minute. And you suddenly Ooh. had to find um, a cover star or oh, there someone were lots to of replace times it. We had to replace covers because oh. people, yeah, for whatever reason, couldn't do the shoot or they were sick or whatever. Yeah. Um, but I don't think there was anyone internationally no. that we had to okay. do that with. Yeah. Often with internationals, you'd do a phone interview before they came out, so right. you'd have the story ready to go, and then you'd run it at the correct time. Yeah. Um, so you'd have things preloaded, I guess. Who was your favourite person in terms of, say, New Zealand celebrities mm. that you've worked with? Someone that you can always rely on to have mm. a great angle, take great photos, bring mm. something that's going to fill some space and in, in, in a, you know, kind of heartwarming... Um, oh, there were lots. Um, you, you she's, never, of, she's never rung me, Dan. <laughs> you, you sort of ended up having quite good friendships with some of them. I'm yep. still friends with a couple of of the women that I used to put in the mags quite regularly, like Sonia Gray, who did yep. Lotto for years, um, Kerry Woodham, yep. um, you know, I, I would count Renee Wright as, you know, a mate of mine from when Renee I Wright. used to, yep. yeah, she's got a good Hawke's Bay connection, she went to Iona. Oh, did she? Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah, um, so, I don't know, I just, you sort of became friendly with these people, and they would tell you stuff about their lives that wouldn't necessarily go in the story, because it was, you know, something that they wanted to keep private, yeah. but you'd know. Yeah. Um, and yeah, they were vulnerable. There mm. were vulnerable moments when you're interviewing people about, you know, their relationships, about their babies, about their families, yeah. about terrible things that have happened to them in the past or health issues that they might have had. You do get pretty personal mm. with people. Sure. Mm. Yeah, yeah, a lot of those uh, magazines always have that rise and fall and struggle mm. and mm. all that you know yeah yeah triumph over tragedy we called it yeah yeah there <laughs> yeah, you go that's what they yeah. call it dan and Sorry. Triumph this thing tragedy. you're picking the image for the cover that was always a fun you know a fun moment you'd look at all these images of you might have done a shoot with you dan for instance and we've got you know maybe for 160 160 <laughs> images of you in different poses like different outfits four or five outfit changes and then you have to pick the one that's going to be one. the cover image mm. yeah and my thing was always like looking for this, that joy. I always ask, where's the joy? Where's the joy? Like you wanted a photo that when you, you'd see it on the newsstand that you'd connect with it because there was a spark of joy in that person's face or what they were wearing or yeah. they were laughing or there was a something, you know, some hmm. magic. Oh, fantastic. Looking for the joy. <laughs> always looking for the joy. But speaking of the joy, so um, Hawke's Bay, when you first moved here, and certainly even now, is there anything about Hawke's Bay, Hawke's Bay culture, the environment, the, the 
don't know, the, the style, the architecture, the people. I don't know, something about Hawke's Bay that just maybe you couldn't get your head around when you first oh, arrived yes, here? Art Deco Festival. Oh, you couldn't get your head around that? Yeah. Yeah, so what was it about Art Deco Festival that, that threw you? I was you? weirded out by the Art Deco Festival. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, what? People dress up, like people dress up at work and yeah. all this fancy gear and they like, I mean, they do the Charleston on the street. It just all seemed super weird to me, like <laughs> super tacky and twee. And then I went to my first Art Deco Festival and I yep. was incredible just amazed incredibly just blown hooked. away by it yeah um i was at the dome apartment i think in napier on the marine that Bay. is an amazing place yeah and we had yeah. having drinks up there and i dressed up to the best of my ability my friend antoinette said you just had to put a string of pearls on doesn't matter what else you wear as long yeah, as you're yeah, wearing yeah. pearls yes, pearls yep and then you'll be fine so i did that and um went to this do and looked out over the marine parade and there were people dancing in this literally dancing in the streets the the, the army band playing in the sound yep. shell um it was the, it was getting dark and the children dressed children as I like mean, little you know then kids the flyover the, yeah. the military mm. flyover yep. and i was just blown away by it i just thought <laughs> i think a lot of people have had that reaction especially from outside like i've known some americans who were like what's with this <laughs> Because I'm still, I've never actually gone to the festival. Oh and, my god! But I do, so you I do. Been like in your Peaky Blinders kind of gear, so uh, you would have suited it. I've got all that in my closet. You have to you know? relinquish your badge. But now. a lot of yeah. people I've talked to them are like, they love it because they've gone to it and mm. gone. Oh, it was a lot of fun. It was a fun day. So I think but, it's also, it's a bit like, oh god, dare I say it? It's a bit like taking drugs for the first time. You never get the high back again. Yeah. yeah. So the first time you go is the best time, and then you yeah. never you never feel the same about it afterwards. Yeah, yeah. So and it's I, a good it's a good one. It's not like it's not like when you get the cigarette sweats or anything, and you go. You're always chasing the dragon. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so I've been two or three times after it, chasing and it's the never lady. been the same. Oh, the first one was the best one. Yeah, yeah. But that's cool because at least now you get it. I do. I do. At least now you get it. Yeah. Um, I get it. Yeah. What else are we going to ask her, Dan? I don't know. We're on 45 minutes, though. We go quick. We do. I oh tell you. God. Do you want to ask us anything? Yeah. Oh, we could turn the tables because we can because she's she's media, oh. so she gets oh, it. Yeah, she yeah, that's it. true. She might have yeah, some. Yeah, she might be able to just... All right. Let me have a quick think about what I'd <laughs> ask you. Um, I would like to ask you about your podcast a little bit. What do you think would be like your ultimate guest or who would be your ultimate guest from the Hawke's Bay area, maybe? Well, it depends because I think it's quite a... There's, two different quantifiers one would be somebody coming through the region oh, yes. and yeah. getting questions you know you're sort of in between because mm-hmm. you live here but you have an outside perspective or somebody who's like super duper Hawks Bay who would that be well see I mean our first the two mayor guests, of course, Hastings you know we've, had, we've got Fiona <laughs> Fraser because you know you are you're so well known and you have this amazing career and you've come here as a visitor mm-hmm. and now you've stayed you're a homeowner you're a ratepayer mm-hmm. you're into it yeah so <laughs> you know this is great we had Richard Brimmer oh, yes. um, first episode we love Richard he's just yeah. a, a total icon of Hawke's Bay huge stories amazing um, history the mayor, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm I like just, to get she's Sandra Hazelhurst. Oh, yes. you, and because she and I have history. Oh, good or bad? Oh, good history, <laughs> good history. <laughs> but we have history, like, and I would quite. And she's got some great stories. Whether you, does it, you know, whether you agree with her politics or not, whether all that mm. aside, mm. she is salt of yeah. Well, I wouldn't even Hawks Bay. I, every interaction I've never Earth. had, and I she's amazing. I was a political science major back in my nerdy days but i've never she's never come off as she's just as somebody particularly heavily political she comes off as like the best salesperson for hastings oh Oh, ambassador for hastings ambassador or whatever yeah yeah and i think that's kind of like what a mayor should be you know what i mean i don't Mm. think she's she's done she's done policy wonk or anything you know (laughs) (laughs) yeah Um, but you know i was thinking about today in this chat and richard's last week and Mm. some people coming up i think um you know, while the people will be the focus, I think a lot of different perspectives. So, mm. you know, obviously yours is more to marketing. Richard is probably a life in photography mm. and, and getting a real range of people, which we actually do have here, yeah. um, is real important. And, you know, it'd be cool to get some salacious and controversial conversations as well. You know, oh, so think, you you've know. heard it here first. You can... <laughs> um, <laughs> Get in touch yeah, with well, um, Bays of Our Lives. Yeah, and I don't and think it's necessarily a bad thing to have ideas come in that mm. you may not even thought of or don't agree yeah. with all the time either. Yeah. So I'd like that as well. So as a PR agent, this is good to know because, mm. you know, I have 
half my clients are Hawke's Bay based and half are, are not now. Um, my yeah. business has grown to be national and maybe even international in some cases, but um, it's always good to know who's doing what. And, and podcasts are such a huge part of the media landscape now. Yeah. And pitching guests to podcasts is a big part of what I do. So well, I don't what? think anybody else is doing this in Hawke's Bay. I don't think, well, no. I mean, there are there are Hawke's Bay podcasters, but they mm. have a, a different sort of, yeah. they, have, they have their own kind of niche, mm. um, subject matter, that kind of thing. And yeah. well, you know you know what niche means. I'm so sorry, Dan. I, I girl-splained niche. Oh, no, no. That's, <laughs> so I understand. Sorry. It went right over my okay. head. I don't really listen to you anyway, so... <laughs> I don't really listen to you anyway. Yeah. Ooh, that's, burn. That's, that's a burn. That's a burn. I just, it's, again, that's over my head. Yeah. yeah. So, you know. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I think there are a ton of people that, mm. um, I mean, Hawke's Bay has such incredible characters. I'd love to talk to people, you know, in our, um, from our rural industry, mm. you know, our farmers, our horticulturists, mm. our, you know, people that have... Um, been in retail here for a really long time you <laughs> yeah. know i once worked i wrote a letter to the editor of our local newspaper hawks bay today this is years ago like it might have been 20 years ago about the fact that i was so upset that there were no you know shops used to close at lunchtime mm. on a saturday there was no sunday trading um nothing was open after 5 p.m anywhere and it's like you know how are people that are working and looking after families and stuff how yeah. are they supposed to go and do their shopping like, yep. how are they supposed to do this? For goodness sake, if you want, everyone's moaning and grizzling that the economy is tanking. This is back in, you know, like, back in the day. Um, and it's still, anyway, um, you know, everyone's grizzling that no one's coming to, to shop in town anymore. But why are you closing at five o'clock mm-hmm. and you sometimes you even close your shops during Early. the lunch hour? Yeah, mm. yeah. You know, at 10 a.m. when you have smoko, at 3 p.m. when you have afternoon tea, yeah. what the hell? And the the responses the you know that came back were like, you wouldn't even know, you don't even get, you know um, how to run a retail. How, you don't know how to, how to run a store. You don't understand how hard we work. I was like, I, I do. Yeah. But you just need to work smarter if you want more people to walk through your door. Change your hours. That's just reminding change me of, things of my... people didn't want to change things. I know. It was very old school back in the day. That, that's quite a Hawke's Bay thing, though, not to want to change things. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, one of my bugbears, it's not a Hawke's Bay thing necessarily, it's just a small town thing, mm. is when people put a sticker on the door that says back in 20 minutes. What time did you write that sticker? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Like, are, we at, are we at minute one or minute 19 of the 20 minutes? Like, I just don't think there's enough transparency here. Yeah, yeah. Back, back <laughs> at 12.45. Yeah, that would be better. That would help. Um, so back in 20 minutes really annoys me, uh, especially if you've only got five minutes to dash into town and do something, and yeah. then you've got the 20-minute sticker on the door. I've got a thing here, but it has my phone number on it. So oh. when we leave, you get if you have an emergency, you got to run around the oh, road. You, uh, yeah. You a just wine call emergency? us on the mobile phone. Yeah, yeah. but that's the thing. It could be a coffee emergency. You yeah, know? could be. But that's the thing. You need some... You need a framework. You need a framework. Yeah, yeah. I need agree. To know. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so I think um, guests. Yeah. Yeah. I, I bag Sandra Hazelhurst, the mayor. Sandra, okay. if you're listening, let's mm-hmm. talk. Um, filmmakers, um, foodies, musicians. Yeah, musicians, musicians for sure. Scotty yeah. Tales. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's a wonderful thing. Like there are so many people under the radar here as well. Sports people. There are like. I mean, we know people in the music industry that you would never know that live here, but yeah. they do. They just yeah. live here under the radar, um, producing music and all sorts of things. Like working with international acts, but they live in Havelock North, or they live in Napier, and it's yeah. crazy hmm. that that exists. The same with food. And, and I'll need your guys' help because I'm pretty useless. Like you said about 15 names earlier that I was like, I have no idea who any of these people are. No, but are. see, but Dan, what you do... Is you put the cords in the I thing. do plug the cords you in. You plug the things in the things. Yeah. You make everything go, go. And I have a deep voice as well. Yeah. And you make <laughs> wine, which you haven't even offered our guest a glass of. Oh, glasses. my gosh. We'll have to I remedy mean, that. Again, you know. I'm so sorry. It's totally fine, Fiona. honestly. It's I had plenty of that last night. <laughs> probably don't need to be topping up the levels this morning. Thank you so much for joining us on Bays of Our Lives. It was just so delicious seeing you and it's been so great to chat. 
This is where you come in, Dan. Oh, you go. It's uh, been amazing. Thank you so you. much. <laughs> Good to officially meet you. I've definitely. Um, I've been in here a couple of times. Yeah, and I've been, yeah. I've met, I've met you uh, unofficially, but now this is yeah, official. Yeah, you had a taco thing out the front. Yeah, yeah. We're trying that. to do a lot of events this summer, yeah. so it should be fun. With more, more to come. And the Philly cheesesteak. We did the cheesesteak. We're going to do some oh, more. Yeah. Speaking of that kind of Hastings thing and getting people out of, uh, or Hawks Bay thing, getting people out of the usual um, things. Mm. We're talking a lot of people who work in the area about doing more events like every week or a mm. series of summer events being involved with so we kind of want to what's the point of being in town if you can't do stuff like that you know there's no so, point dan so here we go there's no point before right. i go can i just do a little plug yes plug, it so, plug do it as i said earlier i rebranded from contentment agency which wasn't friendly to facebook because i thought i was an escort agency to contentment pr and communications but you can find me at contentment.co.nz that's contentment.co.nz yeah. sounds pretty innocuous I don't know why it's totally innocuous know, <laughs> no. I love it I well, we're very contented now yes. that we've had you on our podcast thank you so much thank you for having you. me Great. Cheers. bye bye okay ballers thanks for listening we are keen as for your comments um, and, hey, ideas for fantastic folk that could be great for us to interview are always welcome. So contact us by email at baysofourlivesmail at gmail.com or message us on Facebook or Instagram. Bays of Our Lives is biodynamically produced by Daniel Brennan at Decibel Wines and Whole Bunch Pressed by Yvonne Lorcan. <laughs>